Well, praise the Lord. We want to welcome everyone that's joined us by live stream. Uh, we're two minutes late according to my watch, but that's okay. We had, a, we had to do a little blessing this morning on one of the special people in our congregation. Praise God. She's going off to Texas Tech. That's right. I'm a Texas fan. I mean, all of the Texas teams. Amen. I love A&M. I love Texas Tech. I'm a Baylor Bear. I'm a Horn Frog. But when they're playing the Texas Longhorns, I'm a Texas Longhorn. Amen. That's right. Texas is our home, praise God. Amen. Now, I want everybody to do something for me. I want everybody to join hands. I want everybody to work in toward... You don't have to because you have to go back to the second row, Jason. Make a blink there. Everybody stand on your feet and join hands, please. Amen. You want to move over to the center, you can. If not, join hands on your row. Praise the Lord. How I many of you know that the Bible says that we can pray the prayer of agreement? And when two or more agree on touching anything... In the name of Jesus, it will be done. How many of you know that? Don't have to raise your hand because you got your hands in other people's hands. Praise the Lord. So what we're doing right now, brothers and sisters, is we desperately need some water to fall out of that sky onto our land. So let's put our faith on the line right now and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come to you, Father, with any petition that we have, Father God. So right now, Father God, we petition you that you open the windows of heaven and pour us out some water, Father God, on the state of Texas, Father God. But especially here in central Texas, Father God, we so desperately want your water to fall. And you said, Father God, in your word that you'll give us the desires of our heart. So we're coming into agreement right now, Father God, and we just command the clouds and the, and the rain to come forth, Father God, and water your planet, especially here in our hometown of, uh, or in the Texas Hill Country, let's just put it that way, or whoever needs water that may be in this congregation, those watching by live stream this morning, Lord God, we don't want to leave them out. But Father God, you will pour out the water and help to water your land and replenish our aquifers. And we give you praise and glory for that, Father God, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen, amen, and amen. You may be seated again. Praise God. Now, every day, I want you to go wake up in the morning and say, Thank you, Father God, that it's going to rain. That it is raining. I like that. Call those things would be not as though they were. Amen? I mean, we've been talking about our words, right? I mean, you know we're going to continue that this morning. Amen. Be turning in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And, you know, uh, I want to continue this morning with our series on the believer's authority. How many of you are learning some things you never have learned before about your authority in Jesus Christ? Amen. How many are applying what you've learned? Amen. I mean, you know, if you don't apply the word of God to your life, it's not going to work for you. That's just the way it is, guys. I don't, sometimes I wish I could change that, but I just can't. The Bible says we have to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. 
Can I get you to say amen? amen? You see, that's the key. Applying the word of God to your life. So I want to encourage you that if you have missed any of the teachings uh, on the believer's authority or your words, the words that you speak, I encourage you to go back and download those messages and feed on those truths. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. And I'm telling you, as you uh, begin to feed on those truths, then more revelation will be given to you and you will get a greater understanding of the relationship that you have with God and his word. Amen? Amen. If your desire, my brothers and sisters, is to walk in victory in every area of your life, it is vital that you understand that you have authority. And your enemy, how many of you know who your enemy is? Don't look next to you. It's not your neighbor. Amen. Your enemy, the devil, is counting on you remaining ignorant in this area. You see, he don't want you that you have authority over him. Because here's the thing. He knows the word of God. He knows the word. And he knows that when you take your rightful place of authority in your life, then it, as far as your life is concerned, it's over for him. How many of you would like to just go through life never being bothered by frustration, worry, anger? How many of you would like that in your life? Amen. If you want that, then pay attention to today's message. Amen? Amen. Every born-again child of God has authority. But I would be, I would be the ignorant one if I said that every born-again child of God was using their authority. Because every child of God don't use their authority. Many, many people who may have been going to church all their life have never even heard that they had authority. Never been preached. Never been taught to them. But that's what we've been learning in the Word of God. So we know that every believer has authority. And then when we, uh, what we started talking about last Sunday is how we, not God, not your neighbor, not your wife, not your husband, but how we, on an individual basis, can hinder our authority. And one of the ways we learned last week that we hinder our authority is by doing things we shouldn't be doing. By doing things we shouldn't be doing. In other words, we learned that one of the great hindrances to our authority is our unwillingness to submit to God and his word. Getting awful quiet in God's house. We saw in James 4, 7 that we are to submit to God, right? Is that what it reads? Then we are to resist the devil, which will cause him to flee. But notice the resisting and the fleeing comes after our submitting to God and his word. Now, for all of our visitors, first-time visitors, let me share something with you. We learned last week also that when God says something, it's so. And it's so forever. Forever. There's no changing it unless he changes it. Amen? Amen? So when we read the word of God that tells us something, it is forever. It wasn't just for the Old Testament saints. 
It wasn't just for the apostles or the disciples of Jesus that followed Jesus around. It's for you and I as well. Can you say amen? Amen. It is the resisting that causes the devil to flee. But we cannot, we cannot resist the devil until we first submit to God. Which means when you hear the word of God taught or you read it for yourself, then you do everything you can to yield your life to the word of God and come into agreement with it. Amen? We just agreed with God's word. How many of you believe the rain is happening right now? It may not be in earth, but it's on its way. Amen. We have to come into agreement with God's word. Amos 3.3 says, how can two walk together unless they are agreed? How can you walk with God unless you agree with his word? It's an impossibility according to Amos, right? How can two walk together unless they are agreed? So if you and I want to walk with God and walk in our authority, then we must be in agreement with his word. Hallelujah. <clears throat> you see, an unwillingness to submit to God's word uh, is why some Christians struggle with exercising their authority over the devil. And it's also why they also have trouble appropriating the promises of God. See, God, most, uh, many Christians, not all Christians, but many Christians want God to bless them on a daily basis. But they only want to walk with God on Sunday. They only want to pay attention to his word on Sunday. And my brothers and sisters, as much as I, in my early Christian days, I wanted that to be true, it's not. It's a daily walk. Everybody say daily walk. You must have a willingness to submit to God. So every Christian needs to ask their, their own self this question. Am I willing to submit my life to God and his word? Are you willing today? Are you willing this morning? Are you willing to allow God's word to be your moral compass? Where you don't live your life outside of his word? Are you willing to allow God's word to lead and guide you on a daily basis? Are you willing to allow God's word to be your final authority, the final authority in your life? Or are you still wanting to handle things on your own and do things your own way? How many Frank Sinatras do we have in here? I did it my way. Well, let me tell you something, Frankie. Your way ain't the best way. Let me tell you something, church. Your way ain't the best way either. See, there are people that are not in church this morning because they're not willing to submit to the word of God in Hebrews 10, 25 that says, don't forsake the gathering of the saints together. Amen. And then it says even more so as you see the end or the day approaching. Submitting to God by simply coming to church. Why won't people submit to the word? Just asking for a friend. God tells, uh, God tells you to quit going to certain places. God tells you to quit hanging out with certain people. God tells you to quit doing certain things. 
and then you refuse to submit to his leading, let me tell you, my brothers and sisters, you will have zero power in your life over the devil, and you will have no authority over him either. Those come by submitting to God. Amen? Didn't say you wasn't saved, lest anybody go out of here today and say, well, uh, you know, if I don't submit my whole life to God, then I ain't saved. I'm not saying that. All you have to do is confess the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord, and you are saved. So we're talking above and beyond that. Amen? But if you don't submit to God, you'll have no authority in your life. And then you can try to take authority over the devil, or you can try to appropriate the promises of God all day long, and it is not going to work because you're not in right standing with God Almighty. Amen. It's a covenant. Everybody say covenant. That means God gives you when you give to him. You give him your life, he gives you his kingdom. What a trade, guys. I said, what a trade. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's just not going to work. And really, I'm not really wanting to preach on submission again. Maybe I should, though, right? But people wonder why their authority don't work. Or they wonder why things just won't turn out for them like they do for other people. Let me tell you something. Submit, submission is a major key. Christians hinder their authority over the devil and they hinder their uh, God's blessings from flowing in their life because they just refuse to go all in. They want to hold that one little area of their life back and they don't want to give it to God. Well, I have a right to my feelings. Really? Show me that in the scripture and I'll believe you. Show me it in the scripture and I'll believe you. Now, does everybody have feelings? Yeah. But our feelings are not to rule us, are they? We're supposed to be ruled by the word of God. Boy, y'all aren't shouting as much this morning. Y'all just listening, right? Amen. Y'all want me to get off that submission? <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, so if you missed last week's message or the Sunday before that, you just got a 10-minute review. Amen. And I'm going to show you in the Word of God the, the importance of you using your words the way God used His. The title of my message today is Having Faith in Your Words. Having Faith in Your Words. See, not having faith and not believing the words that you're saying will hinder your authority. And again, I'm going to show you that in the scriptures. Let's begin here in Genesis chapter 1. You know, so let me pray. Heavenly Father, I turn this service over to you right now, Father God. And Father God, the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth, the words that come out of my mouth, Father God, will edify you. It will glorify your name. And Father God, I just thank you that you are preparing the hearts of your people right now to receive your word. And not only hear your word, Father God, but that you're also preparing their hearts that they will be doers of your word and not hearers only. And I give you, Father, all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis chapter 1. 
in verse number 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them, both men and women, have dominion or authority. That word dominion in the, in the Hebrew is authority. Let them have dominion or authority over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created men in, or man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. Now watch this. And God what? God said. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So we see here in the beginning of, be of beginnings that God gave you and I, and uh, he gave us uh, the authority to rule and reign over what? All the earth. Thank you, brother. How many of you see that in your Bible? How many Bible says something different than that? Get a hold of this, guys. He gave us dominion over all the earth. I, I tell people, and I know my congregation's heard this many a time, don't come to me and say God's in charge. God left us in charge. We learned last week that the, the, the universe and everything in the universe belongs to God, but he gave us charge over the earth. Isn't that what he just said? He said, I made you in my image, and I'm leaving you in charge or in dominion over the earth. Amen. Hallelujah. We know that because we were created in his image. Now watch this. Just as God ruled and reigned over this planet or over everything, the universe really, when he used his words to exercise creative power, amen, and if you go back and read Genesis 1 through, I don't know what, Genesis 1, 24, or something like that, he said when he made it, it was so, or when he said it, it was so. When he said it, it was so. Amen? Amen. So he used his words to exercise creative power, so we too must use our words to exercise our creative power. And again, I know some, I look across the room and I'm seeing a lot of uh, deer in the headlight look. But listen, don't just shut, shut me off. Study this out for yourself. Amen? Amen. In other words, our authority is in our mouth. Our authority is in our speaking words. Not just any words, but words that are full of faith. Amen? Words that we believe in. And that's important. Why? Because it's faith-filled words. It's words that are filled with the power of God. They will produce in our lives. Amen? Amen. Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. How many of you are grateful he didn't go out there with a hammer and a skill saw and try to build something. Amen. Now he framed everything you see with his words. 
Amen. We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen, now pay attention here, were not made of things which are visible. Everything that God, uh, that was created was created by his words, by with words. Every tree, every mountain, every living creature was created by God speaking something. Well, if you and I were created in his image and likeness, would it not be reasonable for us to say or to believe that we would operate in, uh, in the same manner that God operated in? Amen. That our authority would, be, would come through our, uh, our power to create things in our life and create a better life for ourselves would have a lot to do with our words. You see, Jesus Christ got our saying back. Adam gave it away. Adam gave all the authority and all the power and all the dominion over to Satan. And Satan is still in this planet operating on what Adam gave him. But he don't have to operate in your life. I said he don't have to operate in your life. Nudge somebody and say, wake up, he's talking about you. Amen. You see, Jesus got our saying back. And when we speak faith-filled words, then those words have the power to produce. Let's look at that in the scriptures. Turn over to Isaiah chapter 55. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. And it will give uh, witness to what I'm saying to you this morning. Isaiah chapter 55, and I need you to keep in mind that we were created in God's image and likeness. Amen. I look at this in verse number eight. Isaiah 55, verse number eight. This is God talking. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heaven are, heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Verse number 10, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Look at verse 11, excuse me. He says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of, from my mouth. It shall not return to me void but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing which for when I sent it. Notice in verses eight and nine, God first tells us that his thoughts and his ways are higher. Isn't that amazing? Than our thoughts and ways. So many Christians are trying to tell God what he needs to be in their life. And he's telling so many Christians, no, you need to come up where I'm at. Everybody wants to bring God down on their level. But God says, you're coming up on mine. Can I get an amen to that? He says his ways are higher than our thoughts and ways. So he's not saying that, listen to me, to brag on himself. He's saying this to let you and I know that if we are going to operate in his kingdom, then our way of thinking and doing things must change 
to line up with his way of thinking and doing things. Are you with me? That's just simple logic, guys. Amen? How many of you want to operate in God's kingdom? Six of us? No. Okay. Amen. We all do. We all want to operate there. Well, listen, God ain't going to force you to do anything. He's not that kind of God. I know everybody wants to just be a robot and make God do, make God in charge of everything, where if they don't do nothing right, then it's his fault, right? Okay. He's saying to let us know that we have to come up to his level. Why else would Jesus say you must be born again? Think about that. Born again children learn everything from day one. You are supposed to start learning from day one that you got born again. In other words, when it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new, then that's the way your born again experience should be. Amen. Now, I'm not saying throw everything you ever learned away, but listen, when your, your old way contradicts or is contrary to God's way, then guess whose way needs to be thrown out? Mine does. When my old way of thinking and my old way of doing things does not line up with my heavenly father, it is me that needs to change, not him. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus said we must be born again. Hallelujah. Listen, nothing is going to change, guys, until we change. And that's what I want to get across to Nothing's going to change in your life because, until you become a brand new Christian and quit thinking that you know everything because you don't. Grandma and Grandpa don't know what you know today. Uh, the, all the hands are raised when I said you've never heard, some of the people in here have never heard what they're hearing now. Well, guess what? I never did either. Amen. Daniel said it this way. In the last days, knowledge will increase. So God is saying, church, come up on a higher level. Amen. Why else would Paul tell us in Romans 12 too? To not be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to old uh, principles and old, uh, old ways of thinking. But to be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Amen? Write that down. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Or is it up there? Praise the Lord. Or just 12, 2. We're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, the Lord's Prayer says this. It says, your kingdom come. Your will be done. It don't say John's kingdom or John's will. And it don't say your kingdom and your, your will. It says God's kingdom come. God's will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Is that what your Bible says? Amen. Amen. So we have to become brand new. The only way we're going to do God's will on this earth is to uh, submit ourselves to his way of thinking and doing things. 
The Amplified Bible in that verse 11 says this. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth that shall not return to me void. Look at this. Without producing any effect. Useless. Now watch this. But it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So God's word says his words have a return on them. Is that what he's saying? That his words have a return on them. Well, if you and I were created in his image, then how, how many know that your words have a return on them as well? The words that you speak. And we went over that last week and the week before that and the week before that and we're going over it again today. That, that means good words, positive words, or bad words and negative words. Those words will bring you a, a future. Those words will bring you a harvest. He says here, as sure as the rain comes down and waters the earth, causing things to produce... So are the words that come forth out of your mouth, they cause things to produce in your life. In other words, you can control the things that come into your life by controlling your words. Let me tell you this. When you take back your words, you'll take back your life. Are you with me? So God says, just like my words produce things, your words will produce things as well. As a matter of fact, they're already producing things in your life. Things you said yesterday, you're living today. Amen. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. You know, we need to be educated or re-educated in the Word of God. We need to let go and let God have His way in our life. And I'm telling you this morning, guys, everything I'm saying to you this morning is to summarize what we've been teaching over the last so many months. That it's you and your words that will create things in your life. Amen. Or God's words a lie. And I don't advise anybody ever saying that you don't believe it. You don't believe God's word. Because you're just calling him a liar. Now, I know that's rough. But listen, I'm a rough talking preacher. I'm going to shoot from the hip and I'm going to tell you the way it is. And if you stay around long enough, if I don't run you off today, <laughs> by coming up on your porch and preaching in front of your house, even though you got the screen door locked, and you won't let me in your house. I'm preaching on your porch this morning. And you stay through that. Then you're on your way to a better life. Or the word of God is a lie. And I know it is not. Amen. You see, most people don't understand that it's their words that produce things in their life. Most people think their background, what side of the track they might have been born on, what color they are. Or maybe their education. Or maybe their job or their career. All those natural things. Most people, most people think that those things are what's going to put them over in life. But guess what? Those are just part of it. 
Amen? And God gives you the, God gives you the strength to gain wealth. How many of you know that? So none of that I just mentioned to you would be, uh, would be uh, uh, available in your life if it wasn't for God Almighty. Amen. See, his word also says that he gave you and I something that nothing else has in creation. He gave us the ability to speak words with authority. See, he put in you the ability to speak. No other creature had that. Amen. He said, when I speak words, they don't return to me void. Likewise, when John speaks words, they don't return to him void. Likewise, when Jason speaks words, they will not return to him void. We live in a word planet. It was created by words, and life as we know it began with words. And according to God, this planet is still governed by words. Matter of fact, according to the word of God, our very lives are governed by the spoken word and that will never, ever change. And you need to get a hold of that this morning. We all need to get a revelation of that truth. And when we begin to understand that the words we speak out of our mouth have the power to create things in our future, then we'll stop saying some of the things that we already say. And we'll guard over the things we say more closely. How many know the devil would just love nothing better for you to just keep being frustrated in your life and speaking words of frustration? How many of you know that he just loves when you spew all those negative words out of your mouth? Those words that he can work with. See, he's going to make sure that all those words that may be contrary to the word of God are going to come true in your life. He's going to make sure of it. And then he's going to sit on your shoulder and put some more words in there. And I've told our congregation many times, when he starts talking to you about your frustration in life and everything you're going through, he's going to sound just like you. That way you'll believe it. Well, I'm just too frustrated. Well, I'm just worried about this. I'm worried about that. What are we going to do about this? Worry, frustration. Well, guess what's coming? Amen. Hallelujah. Don't shout me down, guys, just because I'm preaching good. Hallelujah. I know you're just thinking. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. That's what I'm saying right now. Thank you, Lord, for teaching me. See, because when I stand up here and I, I teach this, I'm teaching me. If you get something out of it, I praise God for it. Amen. I want to be better than I was yesterday. And I'm not a bad person. Nobody in here is a bad person. How many bad people we got in here? Just seeing if anybody was sleeping. <laughs> Get one of them. Raise your hand and you're not hearing what I'm saying. <laughs> See, he wants you to be more frustrated. He can keep you frustrated. He can, he can bring frustration out in your future. See, many uh, Christians will open up their life to the devil through their words, by the things they say, and by what they keep talking about. 
well, my feelings are important. I need to be able to get my feelings out. Really? Well, now that you've read Isaiah 55, 11, how important are you spewing all that stuff out? Is it still as important? Look at this in Proverbs chapter 18. Hallelujah. Brother Jason, would you do me a favor? Yes, sir. Look in that, that checkerboard box there, and there should be a remote in there. Hallelujah. Hopefully, it'll, that thing right down there will come on when you push it. There it is. Thank you, sir. Preaching myself hot. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, the flames of hell ain't hitting me in the butt. <laughs> I tell you what, if you want to get scared straight, go read the book of Revelation, chapter 5 to verse 20. I mean, chapter 5 to uh, chapter 20. That'll scare you straight. That'll make you get your life in order. Praise the Lord. I didn't read that first. I read about the love of Christ. Yeah. Amen. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. What did I tell you to go? Proverbs 18. And I want to show you this, that your words have the power and the authority to create. So tell your neighbor right now, beware of what you say. Proverbs 18, 7 says, A fool's mouth is his destruction. Notice it didn't say your upbringing or what side of the tracks you were born on was your destruction. Don't say your education would be your destruction. Don't say whatever your career choice would be is your destruction. No, it says a fool's mouth, underline that, is his destruction. Now watch this. And his lips are a snare of his soul. That word soul right there is mind, will, and emotion. Mind, your mind, your will, and emotions. So your lips are a snare for your mind, your will, and your emotions. So it's what comes out of a person's mouth that causes destruction in their life. It's what's coming out of the person's mouth that entraps their soul. Proverbs 18, verse 20. Just drop down the page. It says, a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his what? From his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Here's a really good one that everybody knows this one but don't like to read it. Verse number 21 says, death and life are in the power. That word power there is authority. Death and life are in the power, the authority of your tongue, or of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. It says death and life. It gives you a choice. Death and life are in the authority of the tongue. <clears throat> so what are you saying over your life? What are you saying over your family? What are you saying over your spouse? Are you speaking life 
over yourself and your family? Are you speaking death? You have a choice. What are you saying? What do you say about your children? They'll never amount to anything? Or they can do all things through Christ? Because whatever it is that you're saying, you will eat, it says, the fruit of those words. Is that not what your Bible says? Is that not what your phone says? Is that what your tablet says? Whatever, whatever you got. I know it's what my Bible says. And I'll tell you this, I've said this at least twice today. I'm going to say it one more time. When God Almighty says something, it is so. You can't take it back and you can't change it. You can't just say, well, I don't believe that. So it's not going to be the good. No, it is. We got to come into grip with what God's word says. Bible says, I don't know the address, so you can look it up for yourself. It says, let God be true and every man a liar. Let God be true and every man a liar. In other words, he's not calling you a liar, but he's saying when it comes between your words and his words, guess what? His words are the truth. And everything in our life, guys, works good while we're in the kingdom of the world. Are you hearing me? How we were raised. My dad taught me to work hard, to save, try to save as much money, give your kids a good education. Uh, all those things work in the natural realm. But I'm telling you that Colossians says you have been transformed out of that kingdom into the kingdom of his dear son. So when we get in out of that kingdom into a new kingdom, we have to come under this king, new kingdom's rules. Thank you, brother. Man, I was fixing to go back to page one. Everybody say, thank you, brother Hans. What I tell you is the truth. But you got to get a revelation that it's the truth. Your man, your, your inner man has to come to grips with the fact that you're not right and God is. Amen. Got to do it plan A. Everybody say plan A. Because when God says it, it is so. Kind of makes me, I don't know about you, kind of makes me want to always be speaking words of life instead of words of death. Amen? Look at this in Proverbs 16. I'm doing my best to hurry, guys, get you out of here early. Turn to your neighbor and say, it don't really mean nothing. Look, Proverbs chapter number 16. And I always keep in mind as we go through these scriptures that God is wanting us to understand that our words are have creative power. Proverbs 16, verse number 24. Say amen when you're there. It says pleasant words. How many of you like pleasant words? Pleasant words are like honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to your bones. It says your words will have an effect on your soul 
which is your mind, will, and emotions. And they will also have an effect on your physical health of your body. Is that not what it says? It says pleasant words. There's sweetness to the soul, the mind, will, and emotions, and health to your bones. Hallelujah. You want to have a strong, healthy life? You want to have a strong, healthy immune system? You want to have healthy organs? You better watch what you say. I heard people say, well, I get the flu every time it comes around. Okay. Then don't be surprised. Because you're calling it, you're calling it, you're naming it. I told the guys this morning, let me tell you this, and you can write this down. The two most powerful words in the English language are the words, I am. God told Moses, he said, when Moses said, who do I say you are? He says, you tell them, I am that I am. I am that I know. Think about this. So when, if, if I go through life, or I go, say I have a weak moment in my life, and I'm not going to, and I'm going to cancel anything I say anyway, but I have a weak moment, and Hans will always tell me, Pastor, you better clear crop failure on those. But if I have a weak moment in my life, and I say, man, I'm sure I'm short for I am, right? I'm sure feeling bad. Well, I sure feel a cold coming on. Well, I sure got a backache. Boy, I'm feeling a pain in my side. I hope it's not appendicitis. I'm this, I'm that. When I have those shortcomings in my life and I say something stupid like that, guess what? I shouldn't be surprised if I get it. Well, I, I am... I am, I'm short for, I'm just afraid I'm going to get cancer because my whole family had cancer. Or I'm just afraid I'm going to get that COVID, you know, that 101st strand <laughs> that they may come out with. So I better run down and take a vaccine so I won't die. I'm just afraid I won't live past 65 because nobody in my family has lived past 65. I wonder why. I wonder if their mouth was just like yours. Your words have power. The two most powerful words are I am. I am this or I am that. That's why every time everybody says, how you doing, Pastor. I am blessed and highly favored. I am blessed and highly favored. Guess what? Those words I just spoke canceled all that other junk I just said before. Can you see? Now, again, I'm just a logical preacher, guys. If the, here's, here's my stance. If the word says it, I believe it. Amen. I don't have to analyze it. I'm not going to argue with God about it. I'm not going to try to translate it for him or uh, what, what is that other word? 
interpret it. Not going to try to interpret his God word for him. Tell him what he, th- he was saying. Now I'm going to read it like it is, and I'm going to believe it like it is. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So if you want to have a strong, healthy life, it says here, you better watch what you say. Now, of course, my personal trainer's here, so I realize we need to eat right <laughs> and exercise and do our part in the natural realm. But God is revealing to us that our words play a much bigger part in our well-being than we have ever imagined. Amen. He said death and life are in the power of the tongue. So knowing that, I'm going to put you on the spot. Wouldn't you agree that watching what you say is important? Everybody say, yes, sir. Amen. My brother and sisters, when a person lays hold of these truths and seriously and diligently practices them, then the truth will change their life, not only for the better, but it will change their life for the, forever. Because once you start doing this word and you see a miracle happen in your life, then you're going to say, man, that word worked. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to speak this now. But until you see that first thing come in your life from doing with the principles that I'm teaching you, you'll just keep living your life just like you are. I did it for years, guys. Look at this in Proverbs chapter 4. Boy, y'all better hurry and listen quick. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Mark it in your Bible because I'm going to move on. It says, my son, could say my daughter as well, right? God's no respecter of persons. My son, give attention to my words, plural. Notice it did not tell us to give attention to our problems. He did not tell us to give our attention to our circumstances. He did not give us, uh, tell us to give our attention over to our frustrations. See, sometimes many people give way too much of, uh, attention to their worries and their frustrations. When the Word of God says, my son, give attention to my words. Look at this. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they, God's words, are life to those who find them and health. That word health there in the Hebrew is medicine. You can write that down if you want to. And health or medicine to all their flesh. Verse number 23 says, keep your heart with all diligence. Not half-heartedly, not on Sundays, but keep your heart with all diligence. Look at this. For out of it, your heart, spring forth the issues of life. Now, you can't get it much plainer than that. Out of your heart comes the issues in your life. Is that what your Bible says? So notice God's instructions in these verses. We are give our attention to guarding our first, our ears. Watch what you're hearing. 
Then we're supposed to guard our eyes. Why? Because what you keep hearing and what you keep seeing is being deposited down into your heart. And God's word says this very clearly, out of your heart will spring forth the issues of your life. So if you're sitting at home and you're watching soap operas, men, or reality shows where people use and manipulate one another, then you'll wonder, you shouldn't wonder why you're having problems in your marriage. All these dating shows or these lustful shows that you watch, you shouldn't be surprised when issues come up in your marriage. If you're sitting at home watching shows that promote fornication, promote lasciviousness, or promote adultery, you're hearing those things and you're also seeing them. You watch TV programs or movies that are full of murder, mayhem, the walking dead, or zombies. That kind of junk junk is being deposited in your heart whether you believe it or not. Years ago, I had a I think I had a couple that leave this, left this church because I said that about the walking dead. I said, if you're, walking the, if you're watching the walking dead, you probably are the walking dead. I didn't know they were watching it. Just saying. Amen. And it's true whether we believe it or not. Amen. How many of you ever, ever, ever heard that the certain, if you listen to a certain kind of music, then you start humming that music? Or you start, yeah, uh-huh, come on. That's what I'm talking about, guys. What you give yourself over to is what's going to be in your life. How can you be so sure of that, Pastor? Because when God's Word says it, it is what? It's true. It is so. God's Word says it, it is so. That's why he says, guard your heart with all diligence. See, your heart is where your life begins. Your new born again life, guys. If you want things to be new in your life, it has to start in your heart. You have to have a change of heart. You manifest your faith out of your heart. You manifest your authority out of your heart. And if you are constantly hearing and watching junk, how I many of you know junk in, junk out? If you're constantly listening and watching junk, uh, the things that are contrary to God's word, then you are unknowingly trying to mix the goodness of God's life with the evil that's in this world. Can you see that? God says you cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God in this world at at the same time because you'll either love one and hate the other. That's why your pastor always says you cannot keep that one foot in the world. Sorry, I wish you could, but you can't. You got to sell out. You got to go all in for God because he went all in for you. I should have got at least 50 amens right there. Did he not go all in for you? Amen. Amen. 
Did he not die on the cross so you could live life? See, sometimes we take it for granted what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us. That he gave us life. He died so we could have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. So we need to ask ourselves this morning, what's going into our eye gates? What's going into our ear gates? What am I exposing my heart to? What kind of TV programs and movies am I watching? What kind of music am I listening to? And please don't take me what I'm saying is the wrong way, guys. I'm not against watching TV. I love gun smoke. I love John Wayne. But I've even gotten to where I've watched his movie so many times, I know when that one cuss word in the whole movie is going to come out of his mouth, and I just fast forward it. So I don't have to hear him say it. Amen. <laughs> How many of you have watched True Grit? Fill your hands. <laughs> God says it, it is so. Hallelujah. Listen to me. In these last days, we ought to be living more consecrated and more dedicated and more holy. So you got at least one amen there. Let me read it again. In these last days which we're living, we should be living more consecrated, more dedicated, and more holy. We ought to be more diligent about watching what we allow into our heart through our ear gates and our eye gates. So we all need to ask ourselves, what are we exposing ourselves to? Amen? Amen. Because what you keep in your heart, what you put into your heart, is going to come out in your life. What you put in your heart is going to keep coming out in your life. Look at verse number 24. It says, put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. The Amplified Bible says in verse 24, it says this. It says, put away from you. Uh, I need to get an usher and go back there and, and tell my wife I'll be another 10 minutes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Lisa. It says, put away from you false and dishonest speech and willful and contrary talk far from you. The phrase put away here in the Hebrews means to distance yourself from it, to withdraw yourself, to separate yourself from what? Dishonest speech and contrary talk. Most study Bibles identify this kind of talk as idle gossip, backbiting, or little white lies. But Contrary talk, listen to me, is also words that are contrary to the word of God. Keep that contrary talk away from you. Amen. If you go around speaking words that are contrary to God's word, then <clears throat> that's what you're training your heart to believe. And what you believe in your heart will affect your authority. In other words, the words that you deposit down in your heart have creative power, and when you speak those words out of your heart, they will either put you over or they're going to defeat you. 
That's why he tells us to put away or separate ourselves from all contrary speaking. In other words, watch what we're saying. Now, real quickly, turn over to Matthew 12 or just write it down. I'm just going to move on. Same thing. Jesus speaks about the same thing here. In Matthew 12, verse number 33, he says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. How many of you know he's not talking about apple trees? He's talking about people. A A person will be known by their fruit. Amen. Then he goes on to say, brood of vipers. How many, how many of you just love to be in that sermon where Jesus looks out and says, you brood of vipers? Because he was talking to the uh, religious people here. Amen. Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of what? The heart. The mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, whatever you've been depositing in your heart, that's going to come out. And then he says in verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that every idle word, everybody say every idle word, every idle word, this is the same thing as those dishonest and contrary words we just talked about in Proverbs 4, that every idle word that men may speak, they will give account of in the day of judgment. Now watch this. By your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. Jesus says even the idle, those frivolous words that we think don't mean nothing, will have an impact on your life. Why? Because even our idle, frivolous words have creative power. Don't change the power just because I say I'm joking. Yeah, but I'm just joking. I'm just preaching to me, guys. Amen. Or at the end of the day, we need to cancel our words, right? Oh, God, please don't bring that into my life. I was just joking, Lord. Amen. You know, a lot of times, and I know I'm running over, that's just the way it is. Y'all normally stand out in the fellowship hall and fellowship for 30, 40 minutes anyway. So, you know, sometimes things don't come about in our lives by accident just because we say something different that we don't even realize we've said. Amen. If we were held accountable for every word, we wouldn't even have conversation with one another. Well, the government's doing this. Well, all hell's breaking loose around the world. Y'all never talk like that, do you? Does anybody in here ever talk over the social things that's going on in the world? Nobody? We'll have an altar call for liars right here in just a moment. If you ain't talking about it, you, ain't, you, you must be got your head down in the sand. But in the end game, though, guys, we win. No matter what we're seeing, what we're hearing, in the end, guys, we win. Amen. Jesus said even the idle, frivolous words 
will have an impact on our life. Why do you think God said through the Holy Ghost? Why have you, over these past, how many ever months it's been, how, 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 why do you think he's been putting such an emphasis, guys, on putting his word down in your heart? I've said it time and time and time again. Get the words off of the page and put them in your heart. And I've said that for a reason. Amen? Because out of your heart comes the abundance of, your, of what you've been putting in there. And your life ain't going to change until you start changing what you say. And you ain't going to start changing what you say until you put something different in your heart. Or the words are lying. He's been putting such an emphasis on putting God's word down in his heart. He's been putting such an emphasis on us reading his word out loud. How many of you heard pastor ever say that? Read his word out loud. Amen. Pray his word out loud. Because faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by the word of God. The more you hear God's word being taught, and I'm almost close. I'm almost done, guys. The more you hear God's word being taught, the more you hear yourself speaking and praying God's word, then the more his word will be deposited down into your heart. You see, it's the words that you believe and speak. The words that you believe and speak from your heart that's going to move your mountains. Isn't that what Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three? Write that scripture down and go read it. It's what you believe in your heart and you speak from your heart that's going to move your mountains. It's what you believe and speak from your heart that will put you over in this life. It's what you believe and speak from your heart that are going to, uh, that's going to appropriate God's promises in your life. In closing, no, that's what y'all have been listening for, right? In closing, let me encourage you, everyone in here, those watching by live stream, just please study out the scripture you've heard here today. Amen? Study it out. Meditate on it. Ponder on it. Ask God to give you revelation knowledge on the things that you've heard today. Because until you get revelation knowledge that the word of God is the absolute truth and that your words have power, you're not going to change what you're saying. You'll keep living your life just like you are. But when you get a revelation, a real revelation, that my goodness, the words that I speak have power, and they have power to overcome any and every devil that comes against me. They have the power and authority to come against everything in life that comes against me until you get that revelation. Well, let me put it this way. When you get that revelation, you will change the way you talk. Amen? But here's the, here's, here's the key. You have to have faith in what you're saying. You have to have faith in the words that you're speaking. Can, I, can you say amen to that? Amen. Well, let's get on our feet. Praise the Lord. Everybody praise the Lord. Amen. amen. Thank you, Miss Jenny. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everybody say this with me. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you that my heart received your word and right now it's changing my life. 
I will continue to speak your word because your word is the truth. And I'll always give you the glory for everything in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. We also uh, want to, in every service, to give everyone an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. I don't know everybody in this room, and I surely don't know everybody that's watching by live stream. So if you are sitting in your home or in this building today, and you've never really given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that is you today, or you may have given your life to him when you was a kid, but you wasn't living for him, and God has been just, just drawing on you and pulling on your heartstrings to rededicate your life to him, if that's you this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, even those at home, if that's you, just raise your hand and Jesus is going to see your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Repeat this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is your only begotten Son. I believe he died for me and he rose again. And because he did, I now can confess his name and I'll be saved. Jesus Christ, come into my heart. Change me from the inside out. Show me in your word what you would have me do, and I will immediately obey. In your precious name I pray. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord one last clap offering. The best one you got in you. Everybody say, everybody shout, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If the Lord's been good to you, hallelujah, you ought to be willing to praise his name. The last thing we want to say is we serve a miracle-working God, and you are always next in line for your miracle. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.